Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Don't Miss This Podcast, a Come Follow Me study with Emily Bell Freeman and David Butler. We fill this show up with all the things we think you don't want to miss in the scriptures every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. Oh, did we start? Yeah, we did. Oh, hi. <laughs> I'm David sure. Butler. I'm Emily Freeman. This is Don't Miss This. We're so glad that y'all are here. Okay, first, you see this gigantic poster behind us for our Summer of Heroes, which we are super excited about. It's uh, just, uh, if you're just figuring out or finding out or hearing about it for the first time, don't worry. You're not too late. And we're doing it all summer, yep. even if you are halfway through the summer <laughs> when you watch this. But um, what we're doing is every week of this summer, we are picking a hero or a group of heroes from the Book of Alma, and they all have a protection scripture that's just awesome, like powerhouse scripture about why we think they're a great hero, something to kind of emulate, something that makes them like Jesus. And then one simple activity to do that week to kind of think about their lesson and think about like just what makes them so heroic and yep. something And how can we can do. develop that characteristic. We love saying it's what made them battle ready. And we, we want to try and gather all those characteristics by the end of the summer. You can find this at emilybellfreeman.com under Don't Miss This. This um, poster. This poster. Download. It's free. So that is so you easy. You can print it little if you want. We yep. just wanted There's to print it really big. There's an 8x10 and an 11x17. And then I took this to Office Depot and they made it whatever size this is because we're going to hang it up all summer and just do it. For and you can just summer. fill out your people and your scripture and your battle ready thing like um, throughout the whole thing. That's what we're going to use the poster for. Yeah. Um, if you've ordered your bracelets, there are we have these bracelets um, that if you want uh, to kind of wear as a reminder throughout the summer. They have these letters on them, MMLX. Um, these are the Roman numerals for 2060 which is one of our group of heroes, the 2060 Stripling Warriors. And they'll be at the very end. So we'll be wearing those bracelets clear till they'll be one of the last few that we do. One of, the reason we picked that is it was just rad looking. And also <laughs> because in their verse, it talks about once that 60 group of people came into the original 2000, they said, then we were strong. And we love the idea of like, we all need each other. And we are stronger together than we are by ourselves. So that's kind of why that the, that phrase became the yep. theme. So the, the bracelets um, we have ordered and they will be shipping out. So those of you who have already ordered, they, we will start shipping out the very last few days of May to you. We've had several people ask about um, doing it with youth groups this summer and ordering larger quantities. If that's something that you want to do, we email us so we can work with you on shipping um, so that we can make it uh, easier for you to do with a large group of people if you want to. Yeah. So anyways, hopefully you're, you don't have to get the poster or the bracelets, obviously, but if you want to and they're fun, just uh, come over to, um, well, the links will be in our Instagram profiles or at emilybellfreeman.com and yeah. it's great. Yeah, so you'll follow along and we're still doing the journal and we're just going through the journal. Yeah, we're still doing our lessons, but yep. in addition Normal to the lessons, lessons we have this hero. one hero, simple thing. It's what we're doing in our family for just kind of our Book of Mormon study throughout the <laughs> summer. My personal study will be here in the chapters, but together with the kids, with vacations that are now new, <laughs> we are making stuff up now. In the backyard. We actually backyard might have to vacation. go camping. Um, I hate camping, just so everybody knows. I love camping. Oh, so why do you just... want to pretend to be homeless? Um <laughs> 
So we'll do the lesson still, but this is just something fun in addition. Okay. okay, and we're on our second one today, who is Alma. Should we talk about him right now at the beginning, or do you want to wait at the end? We'll talk about him at the end. No, maybe. let's do it right now. That's fine. Okay. Let's All start right. out with him. Okay, so last week, Gideon, you can go back to um, P.S. The in, in our newsletter every week, you will find who the person is, what their lesson is, what their scripture is, and what the activity is in a little bit more detail. So go back to last week's if you want to find out about Gideon, who is our first summer hero. And then this week, it's our guy, Alma, who the book's named after. So we are not going to lose him the whole time. He's going to be around the whole time, but we thought we'd focus on him yeah. during the second week. Um, and we, we're going to capture two verses for him because then it's going to be a pattern we're going to see for his entire life all the way through the book of Alma. So in Alma 4, the reading from last week, you just want to go to verse 19. Um, it says this, and this he did. Um, so this is when Alma gives away the office um, position, of, yeah, of the, ju- the judgment seat. He used to run the run. He used to hold the judgment seat, and he was the high priest. And then things started not doing well in his community, in in the faith community where they were. So he gives up the judgment seat. And he is just going to go out and preach. That's the part of the story that we're in. And it says, And this he did, that he himself might go forth among his people, or among the people of Nephi, that he might preach the word of God unto them, to stir them up in remembrance of their duty, that he might pull down by the word of God all the pride and the craftiness and all the contention which were among his people, seeing no way that he might reclaim them, save it were in bearing down impure testimony against them. And this is what we're going to see about Alma all the way through Alma is he is passionate about preaching among the people. He's It's like he serves a mission for the entire chapters of this book um, that he's going to be preaching. And what he loves to preach is the word of God. And he loves to stir people up to remembrance. Um, he, he wants them to remember God. He wants them to remember how they've been delivered in the past. And um, then he wants them to remember the word of God. So those are all things that we're going to see. In Alma 5, 49, it tells us this, and I love this. And now I say unto you that this is the order after which I am called. Yea, to preach unto my beloved brethren. Yea, and everyone that dwelleth in the land. Yea, to preach unto all, both old and young, both bond and free. Yea, I say unto you the aged and also the middle-aged and the rising generation. Yea, to cry unto them that they must repent and be born again. And it's so awesome that he's like, I'm, I'm going to share with everybody. It doesn't matter if you're old or if you're young, if you're the rising generation. Um, I'm going to go from house to house. I'll go from community to community. But I'm, I'm going to stir people up to remembrance. And this is the order after which I am called. And we just love that passion of his teaching. So when we are thinking of your idea for um, your battle-ready challenge, um, we thought of this idea. In Britain, so those of you who are British who are watching us. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) There is a tradition at the end of the year that is called Stir Up Sunday. And what happens if you're there in, like, we'll tell you the real tradition first, is you make this British pudding and it's really hard to stir. And they call this holiday Stir Up Sunday. 
and you stir the pudding and everybody takes a turn. So every single person who stirs takes a turn. And in the real life tradition, you make a wish when it's your turn to stir the pudding. But what we thought would be awesome is to let to make something. If you want to make pudding, if you love pudding, make pudding. If you want or to make if you're a normal, cake. make a cake. Or, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Whatever would require stirring, that's what you want to do. And we thought it'd be so fun because Alma wants you to stir up the remembrance of the Word of God. Is When it's each person's turn to stir, let them share a, a scripture. It can be a favorite scripture. It can be their favorite from this week's learning of scripture. Whatever they want, something from the Word of God. Let everyone just take a turn to stir. One other fun thing about the pudding, the uh, British pudding, is they will put in a silver coin or you could do an almond and then whoever gets that gets good luck for the whole year. Or a the prize. Whole year. That seems fun um, to have a prize. Yeah, well, that, or you come up with your own. <laughs> if you want to put an almond in there or a silver coin, I'm a little worried about people's teeth, but you do Or choking you want. to death. Nobody, we, 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 rel- we relinquish all. <laughs> uh, almond might be your best choice. Um, then you come up with what happens that night, but maybe it is a really fun prize for that night or you just decide. Anyways, we thought that'd be a fun way to remember that Alma stirred people up to remembrance. Yeah. It's kind of neat. Those those words, we talk about these words a lot, this idea of repenting and being born again. And sometimes they can have a connotation of like, oh, like I feel like um, you're mad at me or something like that. And what he's saying is I'm trying to stir you up to experience that living and loving power of God in your life. And it's kind of neat that if you were to let a cake batter or a pudding or something sit for a while, it would start to get gross. Yeah. And just to kind of like stir it up mm-hmm. to bring life, bring God back into them. And that's what Alma likes to do, right? He likes to bring God back into people's lives. That is what he is He's trying to do. So, um with that, we'll jump into the, the chapters because that's a that's a good jump into. Yep, it's and kinda... we're going to watch him do that through, in fact, Alma 5 is a stirring up. That is exactly what You it's might want to call be. it that. We've called yeah. it. Let's move out of the way so you can see some of these things that are on here. Um, not There's not too much on the actual like study guide sheet that you'll write down at the bottom, you will. But the questions that we have on the study guide sheet are kind of Alma's questions, reworded. Um, a little bit to kind of like this is essentially what he was asking but it's it's really neat Um, Mormon does something cool when putting together the book of Mormon he kind of will take this story of Alma preaching to the people at the same time um, the sons of Mosiah are preaching to the Lamanites so those two stories happen parallel with each other but first he's going to tell Alma's like reclaiming of people. It's almost like the Nephite Reformation is what's happening mm-hmm. here. He's going into the cities to kind of get people. What did you say at the beginning? They were struggling in their faith community. Yep. He's like, I got to stir them up. And then when he's done with Alma's version, he's going to move camera two over to the sons of Mosiah and the Lamanites and the arms and all that kind of stuff, you know, Ammon all over here. So he is just, and it's fun that they're they're both these same people. I, um, we learned earlier that Alma's a really good speaker, a preacher. Um, He did it to get people to walk away from God for a long time. He was super convincing. And now he's using that same talent and gift to kind of bring people back to God. But chapter five is one of those ones that you really want to slow down with. 
And don't just like go through the questions really quick. And it kind of wants to be a silent lesson. Like you really do want to sit down and ask. These are really powerful questions. And poignant. Uh, They're yes. like they hit the core, and, you know? And you don't just want to let Alma ask that to his faith community. You really want to let Alma ask you those questions and think about where am I in my faith? Um, we love that at the very end of this chapter in verse 62, so we'll start at the end and then go back to the beginning, the very last verse, um, he tells us right in the middle of that verse, I speak by way of invitation. And that's what all of Alma 5 is. It's just an invitation to reevaluate where you are in your faith. Yeah. And to think about that. And we love that. The question, Some of the questions are so good. Um, so, you yeah. love how it begins. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like, I almost love the idea of like, here's the context of me um, asking all these questions. Um, he starts in verse, um, well, in verse four, and he says, um, where am I? I'm, I've lost where I am. Is it chapter five? Am I in chapter five? Okay. Yes. <laughs> I'm just like, what is happening right here? I've lost all of the things that I like in the world. Um, chapter five, verse four, he says, um, I say unto you, they, he's talking about the people, um, like their past a little bit. And he's like, let's remember about all of us that we were delivered out of the hands of King Noah by the mercy and power of God. I like that the whole context of this chapter is we are trying to bring God's mercy and God's power into our lives. And so he says, let's remember that that's who he is. Let's remember that's who we're being stirred up to remember. Um, <laughs> That remember that we're being stirred up to remember. You guys, we love that word. Legit though, I like love that word right now. Remember. I know that's like super trendy in our church to love the word remember. But I think that might be the second best word from the Book of Mormon. First one's Jesus. And the second one is remember. I it, It's, it, yeah, it's, it's just everywhere. coming up again and again and again. How and, and, Yep. And, and it's that whole story of the tender mercies starting at the very beginning going all the way to the very end. And, and that and really is the theme. Just remember, remember the hand of the Lord. Remember the goodness of God. Remember the word of God. Remember how he delivers. Remember how merciful, how powerful. Yeah, and a lot of these questions are about that. So sometimes when you read these questions, you I think he's starting off by saying, I want you to remember three things. God is merciful. So wherever you're at, it's okay. God is powerful, so wherever you are, he can make you more. Yeah, and whatever you're facing, right. he's bigger than that thing is. Yeah, so wherever someone's at in the spot, remember he's merciful, remember he's powerful. And then in the next verse, verse 5, he says, remember they got delivered from King Noah and then they got delivered again. He reminds them that God is also consistent. And I love before you start thinking about all these questions he's going to ask, it's like, please remember God is merciful God is powerful and that God doesn't give up on people. Like yeah. that's sort of And the, he'll deliver again. And right. he'll deliver again. Um, that's who he is. That's what he's going to do. Because he keeps talking about that. Even in verse 6, he still wants to say, "Do I don't know if you sufficiently remember. I love when he says that. <laughs> in case you don't, I'm, I'm going to remind you again about this. Um, and sometimes, I was just thinking about this yesterday. Sometimes um, when we can't, see the goodness of God. We tie the goodness of God so much to our life circumstances. Like we just do that as humans. We're like, oh, if my life's going really good, we infer that God is really good. 
my life is going really bad. I'm inferring that God is really bad. Mm. And we do that as mortals. Um, we, we focus so much on what God does rather than who God is, mm-hmm. you know, at least yeah. what we see him doing. So one of the most powerful things to do, I think, in places of my life circumstances aren't super good, to is to start by remembering you know, how yeah. good God is. Yeah. Particularly, who do you need God to be? Yeah, You right. know, as soon as you start asking that question, who do you need God to be in this situation? All of a sudden, you're going to start being drawn to understand more about the character of God. And particularly, I love where he starts off and he says, like, we wrote the questions like this. Can you remember a time of captivity in your life? Can you remember a time where he was merciful or patient or long-suffering with you? And can you remember a time of deliverance? Mm, that's so important, especially mm-hmm. if you need deliverance right now, to remember a time when he was. And I love that he says, and if you can't think of any of those at the end of verse 6, he's like, at least you can remember the day um, and think about the greatest deliverance of all when he mm-hmm. rescued you from all of your enemies. So um, he says, everybody's got one. I want you to focus your heart on it. Yeah, it's really good. Um, then there are a couple of, um, between seven and nine, there are just a couple of really great teaching principles. Um, two phrases that we love from chapter five. So he's going to say this. They were in the midst of darkness. Nevertheless, their souls were illuminated by the light of the everlasting word. And I love the thought of that, that souls can be illuminated, particularly in a time of darkness, and that he tells us how that illumination is going to take place is through the word of God. It's it's going to be by coming here. And it, it's made me think a lot, and this has been something that has been on my mind a lot this week. How do we get into the word consistently? Because that's how that illumination is going to come. Um... Elder Anderson actually talked about um, stones that would illuminate our path as we looked back at times when we had been delivered. And there is just something about that, that illumination that happens um, as you think about your souls being illuminated and, and as we turn to the word, that that light is going to come in. And as you think about that, I think it's important to think, where does the word fit into your life right now? And for me, anytime we experience a change of season or routine, I like to sit down and think to myself, okay, what is my plan going to be like now? So now that it's summer, um, so often if we don't sit down and make the plan, then summer just comes and goes. And then we're like, oh, it's September. I can go back to my plan. But why don't we want to have a summer plan? And last night when I and was... And to realize it is summer. It's a different season. So yeah, it's okay let me if adjust, I... Yeah. You know what I'm going to do here. And last night when I was climbing in bed after I said my prayers that spirit so clearly said to me, you need to type out your summer reading plan. Mm. What are you going to study every single day? And and it needs to be typed out and you need to put it out where you can see it. And as I laid in bed, I was like, oh, that is so fun because I know what I'm going to do on Monday and I know what I want to do on Tuesday and I know I want to do this with all of my kids. And it's almost being intentional that is going to allow your soul to be illuminated. So if that's a gift that you want, then we might have to put in some effort to receive that gift. And we love in verse 9, right in the middle where it says, and their souls did expand. There's something happening here where souls um, can be illuminated and then can expand because of the effort that is being 
put into that situation and because you're inviting Christ into your life. Um, every time I read these, I think of a lesson Joseph Smith taught to the women in the Relief Society when the church was beginning. And there's just one line that he says. He said, um, you must enlarge your souls toward others if you would do like Jesus. Um, and I love the thought of that, that there's, there is something about enlarging our souls that becomes really important. Um, that's from the beginning of Better Days by Joseph Smith. And there are just some great nuggets in here, but I, I think about that invitation from Alma and then also from Joseph Smith to just enlarge your soul, to let your soul be illuminated, to, to make a space in your life for that to actually happen. And one of the great ways that we can do that is through asking questions. Mm -hmm. That's a, such a great teaching principle is to ask, um, to think, craft really good questions. What's a good question? One that's going to make someone like go a little bit deeper. And it's awesome because usually you have to come up with your own as you read. You have to like stop in a verse and be like, hmm, have I seen that in my life, that same God in my life. But here it's nice because the questions are already written for you. You know, it's like, yes. oh, so our advice on these is read these so you can kind of maybe get an idea of like, oh, you hear it a little bit more in, in our language um, with some of these, what he's asking. And then just use this. Oh, mine's all filled out. It's not blank. But like to just maybe write some of like your answers to this. It's such yeah. a great, it reminds me of like a, um, I love and still love, um, Temple recommend interviews. Mm. Um, I think I just had as a bishop, some of my most touching experiences as a bishop were there are such simple questions. And then you can see in the answer in the, in someone's eyes, like, oh, mm -hmm. there is you, you got a story, yeah. you know, and it's neat to have almost like Alma sit down with you one-on-one -on -one and say, and I, I, it's look, it's legit that it's Alma to me because it's like, when he talks about, um, you know, the mercy of God, he's like, do you remember who I once was? Yeah. You know, like, I want you to remember who I was. So wherever you are or whatever you have to overcome, he can do it. Yeah. You know, it's cool. Um, you might love to go through and list how many questions there are here. Um, I did that once. I just put a number by every question. Alma asks at least 47 questions. In this someone's gonna chapter. find 48 I know that's why that's why I'm like oh, you <laughs> uh, find however many you can find in there but I just love that this is can you imagine being in a gospel doctrine lesson and someone asking you 47 questions because wow without having people raise their hands you just like I just want you to think, think of these. about it, it could be really cool yeah I just want you to take a minute and just it's almost a silent prompted lesson anyways oh. we love chapter five and oh i wrote this at the top because when i was studying the other day do you guys know that song um i can only like you're gonna answer back um i can only imagine yes because remember he song. goes through those questions at one point yeah. where he's like can you imagine what it's going to be like to walk into his presence mm -hmm. again and um if you have been redeemed before can you still do you still does your soul still sing that song of redeeming love we talked about at the beginning um, that he's asking these by way of invitation. Um, Alma's only learning that from his, from from Jesus himself. Because in verse 33, he says, Behold, he sends an invitation unto all men. For the arms of mercy are extended toward them. And he says, Repent, and I will receive you. 
Come unto me and partake of the, free, uh, the fruit of the tree of life. Come and eat the bread and water freely. So I love that Alma's just following the pattern of his master, which is just to invite all to come yeah, unto him. Yeah, so good. And you love, so when you go at the, um, the end, that verse 62, he's going to tell you, I speak by way of command and I speak by way of invitation. And it's interesting, um, Just let's just think about that word command for a minute. Um, because I was the other night hanging pictures at my brother's house for him on this wall. And we were using nails and we put them all up. And we had about five up and one tipped and it knocked down the entire wall. So then I was like, you need Did to go to cuss? the store. No, I didn't. Mm, good job. Thank you. Um, you need to go to the store and you need to buy command strips. He'd never heard of them before. And so he went over there. He's FaceTiming me. I finally showed him. If you've never seen him, there are these sticky things that you can put on the back of This episode of pictures. Don't Miss This is sponsored <laughs> by... And you put them on the wall and it will hold them there. And it can hold a lot of weight. Well, it's interesting because that word command means to be in a strong enough position to be able to secure something. Hmm. Is that interesting? Yeah. Do you see how those command strips are in a strong enough position they could secure that to the wall. And it's so interesting because Alma is in a strong enough position that he can secure you. He can command you. Um, he's making you safe. He's securing you. He's holding you steady. Don't you love the thought of that? Yeah, and I even love just the thought of God being the one who gives the commandments. To be like, yeah. I know what's going to hold you and I know what's going to secure yeah. you. And you're going to see it from God and you're going to see it from the prophet and you can trust that they are going to hold you secure. That's what they're going mm. to do. Isn't that neat? So I speak by way of command and I speak by way of invitation. I'm inviting you into this awesome situation and I'm going to hold you securely here. You'll be safe here. Mm. So neat. That's so awesome. Yeah. I have to say one more thing and then we are, we will move to okay. chapter six. Okay. It, that invitation Verse 37, where he says, some of you are like a sheep having no shepherd. Notwithstanding that, no, notwithstanding that the shepherd's already called after you, <laughs> which he has. <laughs> I just love that it says, and he is still calling after oh, you. Oh, it's so good. Which I I'm glad you just that. said that because that's going to take us right into six. Perfecto. Um, because you love the fact that he already did call you and he's still calling you like he's never going to give up. That's what kind of shepherd he is. Mm. Never. And I love the invitation he gives in chapter 6, verse 5. I wish that you would understand that the word of God is liberal to all. Like liberal liberal is like when you put butter on your toast in the morning. It is it's just so much for all. And um None were deprived of the privilege of assembling themselves together to hear the word of God. And I love that. That is who I want to be. I want to be the type of person that is like, I, I will give what I know to every person I know. As much as I can give, I will give. And everybody's invited. Isn't mm -hmm. that how church should be? Isn't yeah. that how our homes should be? Um, when we start talking about Jesus, just any, anybody who wants to hear should be yeah. able to come and hear. None should be turned away right. from that. That's right. my favorite part of chapter 6. Okay, we're going to move to chapter 7. Okay, which is a new city. So 5, he's preaching to a city. 
Six, he moves to another city. Seven, he moves to another city. So he is like going on this tour, right? This speaking tour of all of these. You guys wanted it to be a concert tour. It, well, he did say sing the song of redeeming love. That was so dumb. I wish I could erase that from the video. Okay, <laughs> but seven, love. he's in a new city. I'm like, here, let me help you. <laughs> you love in seven when he says, um, I, I have been trying to address you. Um, but I've been wholly confined to the judgment seat. I had so much business. And how many times has that been you where you're like, I am so busy right now that I haven't been able to do what I wanted to do, which has been an interesting byproduct of this season. That oh, we've I was been just going to say. Yeah, yeah that we, it, we've kind of have slowed down from the business of things a little bit, unless you're homeschooling your children and then you're like, uh, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> or potty training someone, which is what I have been doing for the past five days. That's a busyness. You have to do those things. But I love that there is this little moment um, of just, he's going to take this little pause from the busyness and he's just going to teach Jesus. That's what he wants to do. Um, and... And then you love when it goes to verse three. And um, I love when it goes to verse five. So yeah, where he says, um, I came here having this great hope and so much desire that I would find you in a place like grateful and humble before God. Like before I even walked into the gates of the city, um, that's what I was hoping for you. He says, I hoped that for our friends in the other city. It wasn't the case. <laughs> um, but he says, but it's okay. Because he finds out, he tells them a little bit later, but hey, but but they've started to humble themselves before God and they've started to change, which is awesome. But um, first, we just love that he comes into that city hoping that he is going to find just the best of circumstances. Which we love because then he gets to five and he says, and I trust that I shall ha also have joy over you. And we love the language of both of those things. That he's, He walks into that situation assuming the best. And if it isn't, it's all right. He'll, they'll work through it with the spirit of God and figure it out together. But I just love that as he walks in, he's like, I'm just going to assume the best about you in this situation, which I think is a good lesson for all of us. Like, don't you want to just walk in and think, I trust that I'm going to have a lot of joy over what you're doing in your life right now. And that's where I'm going to look first. What are you doing that is bringing joy yeah. into my life? It's, I just love that part. <laughs> So he, this Alma 7 is actually one of those spots in scripture that, um, man, it just kind of shines brighter than some other chapters, actually, because he really gets a chance. I think because the city was ready to hear it, um, they had hearts that were prepared where mm -hmm. he was just like, I now am going to come in and just teach Jesus to you. And we love in 7 when he says, there are so many things that are going to come. This is Alma chapter 7, verse 7. Um, and, and, but there's one thing that's more important than they all. And you're going to see that. Were you just going to see yeah, that? Yeah, on the, <laughs> on the study sheet. The one thing that is more important than they all, it's a little hangman. That's what he's made for you. <laughs> um, just Jesus. We love that he talks about that. Um, the, uh, the time is not far distant that the Redeemer is going to actually live and come among the people. That's, that's the most important knowledge he could teach them. Right, and then he starts going through his life, starting in verse 10. And he's like, he's going to be born of Mary in Jerusalem, and, and he's going to talk about her and him coming as the, the Son of God, which is such a powerful phrase because um, this is interesting that um, we didn't just get uh, um, like this all-powerful God that came to us. 
to command us and tell us what to do. But we didn't get this mortal that came either. Well, you got the son of God, which is a phrase that means like he will experience mortality and he will have godhood at the same time, which is what makes him a person we're so drawn to. Mm -hmm. That he's like, I understand mortality and I have power to overcome mortality. Either of the others, we we couldn't have had it. Mm -hmm. We couldn't have just had this nice teacher who came, although we like his teachings. And we couldn't have had this all-powerful like Zeus come and tell everybody what to do. But it's so beautiful in the plan of salvation that God the Father and Mother sent their son to mm-hmm. be mortal, to experience mortality, and to be have the power of God at the same time. Yep. Um, and you love that he's going to do here what Nephi did in First Nephi 11. He's going to show what condescension looks like. He's going to show a God coming down to where you are as you are, um, he's going to meet you in that place, whatever that place is for you right now. And he's going to talk about in Alma 7, 11 through 13, um, if you're in pain, if you have sickness, um, if you're bound by something that you feel like you can't escape from, um, he talks about your infirmities and um, that along with sin and death, that he is going to be able to experience and understand everything about what we're doing. That's that's what it means when he condescended, but it's also when we talk about all the time, he will meet you where you are, as you are, and that he doesn't intend to leave you there. This Alma 7, 11 through 13 is such a beautiful description of him meeting you where you are, as you are, and just bringing grace into that situation. You know, whether it's a hospital room or a bedroom in the middle of the night or, um, into a relationship or into a, something that you struggle against, he's going to meet you in that place. That That's who Jesus is. That's what he does. And that's where we experience his grace. And we just see it so clearly, that enabling strength that is going to overcome anything mortality can can bring up against you. He has the power to overcome that thing, whatever it is. So we have this little box on the study guide sheet. Oh, there wasn't room for the box, but there is a box on the study guide sheet where we want you to just write about where is that place where you, where you need to be understood and where is that place where you need his grace and where's that place where you need to be reached. I was thinking this week too, I was reading again, um, that chapter of Thomas. Yeah. And when Jesus comes to him, Mm -hmm. um, I'd never thought about this before chapter 21 John 21 is sort of like the mop-up chapter of John, you know, where it's just like, this is how the whole story got tied up. And it seems like John 20 is this climax chapter. Mm -hmm. And so Thomas's like interaction with Jesus seems to be John's climactic event of the whole gospel. And I started thinking this week, why does he pick Thomas to be the climax of the whole gospel. Yeah. And anyways, you can go through that and and think through that for yourself. But one of the things I loved about it was, remember Thomas earlier in the week said, unless I feel his prints in his hands or in his feet and his side, then I won't believe. When Jesus shows up, he says to Thomas, put your hands. He knew, put your hands in my, put your hands in my side and my hands in my feet. He knew what Thomas's concern was like, Mm -hmm. and there's something powerful about God being able to come to us and say, I know where you are and I know what your concern is is, and 
I have the power to help. Well, and also, I'm not afraid of it. I'm not afraid of you being in that place, Thomas. You bring your concerns to me. You You want to put your hand in my, you know, you want to touch these prints? Come in and touch him. I love that he doesn't. It's not just like, Thomas, you got to get past that. Yeah. He's like, because it's funny because he's just like, he says, it's more good if you don't see and believe. But then he's like, but if you need to, but you need to. So (laughs) I just love that he should have rebuked. He kind of like, yeah, he kind of rebukes him and invites him. It's funny. It's cool. It's cool. I love that he's like, he doesn't pretend there isn't doubt there. He doesn't. Like, I love that he just enters into Thomas's story and says, here, let's go to that place. You want to go to that place? All right, let's go to that place. And he's going to do that for all of us. And and I love that that brings us into um, verse 15 because Alma is saying, come, come to Jesus, come to him. And I love when he says to him, come and fear not, Um, which is so interesting because Thomas was angry. He was worried he had been forgotten. He 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 was afraid that Jesus was going to see everyone else and not him. And maybe there was a reason why. Like, what did I do wrong? Yeah. Like, why did why didn't he yep. invite me? Interesting, because I've been um, spending some time with my kids going over their patriarchal blessings, and then I've been listening to other people who have been talking about their patriarchal blessings. And um, one of the people that I was reading a comment talked about when I went to get my patriarchal blessing I was so worried because I was afraid it it was going to list everything I'd ever done wrong and (laughs) I wasn't going to be able to get the blessing I needed because there was something wrong with me that would hold back that blessing and isn't it interesting that sometimes we are actually afraid to approach God because we just have that fear and I love that Alma is like no 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 go ahead and come without fear to him um same as like Thomas, don't be afraid that I forgot you. I didn't. And don't be afraid of your doubt. I'm not scared of your doubt. Um, that, that doesn't deter me from being in relationship with you. That He's like, come and fear not. And then I and love... It's like the... You just made me think it's like the... It's the beginning story of Genesis. Of Adam and Eve running and hiding, hiding. and covering and yeah. blaming. And, and God asked that question. There's that, that question asking again. Mm-hmm. Adam, where are you? And where are you going? And what did the devil say to you about me that made you think you needed to hide from me? And I love that Alma has yeah. just taught, let me tell you who Jesus is now. Now that you know that, you can come without, without fear. fear. Oh, so good. And then he tells him, come and go forth. Like, don't just come... Um, without fear, but he's he's gonna grow you, right? He's gonna ask you um, into a relationship of progression. You're gonna become better because of him. So come um, and fear not, but then be prepared to come and go forth because he's gonna make you to become something that is better than what you could become on your own. And I love the thought of that invitation. So we've got that also on this worksheet. Come and fear not. Come and go forth. And then he's going to talk about this walk of a disciple. Is that where you want to go Yeah, and let's introduce this idea that you're going to see starting in these chapters about the holy order. um, Mm. Kind of in connection with this. We love this this part. 
Um, this is a phrase that you're going to find throughout um, the, the Book of Mormon is a phrase of the holy order. And it kind of is a fancy phrase. Mm-hmm. You know, you feel a little bit royal and you feel yes. a little bit, if you've read Harry Potter, you're kind of like, oh, the order of the phoenix, <laughs> you know, which if you have read Harry Potter, you're a step ahead of everybody else on understanding this because an order is like just this group of people. And they all live for a common cause. That's what, so if you've read Harry Potter, mm-hmm. the Order of the Phoenix had this like purpose, right? Mm-hmm. And Alma talks about this holy order. There is this group that walks and lives for a common cause. And it's the cause of Christ. And so you're going to see that phrase through, you know, throughout Alma's teachings. It's going to come up again several other times. And you'll see it through all of scripture also. This, um... This holy order, where is that sentence? I can't even find it. Oh, in verse 22, you'll walk after the holy order of God, um, which is going to also hint toward priesthood, and it's going to hint toward um, becoming holy. That's what you want to be watching for every time you see that, that it's going to be this process of holiness. That's what the order is that usually um, hints back toward priesthood ordinances and covenant the covenant path you're gonna all of that is going to be tied together as you're going through that we're going to see more about that in chapter 13 when we get there but we wanted to introduce that idea and let you see a good synonym for the holy order would be a um, a holy pattern of living Hmm. and so as you look at these verses 22 and 23 what is the walk of a disciple well remember a disciple is not independent of a master You can't just be a disciple. You have to be a disciple of someone. And so the walk of a disciple is someone who's walking after the holy order or after the pattern of the way that the Son of God walked. There's um, Joseph Smith picked up on this language a lot and used it for um, when he would talk about um, temple things. He always used the phrase, the holy order of God, in talking about the temple. So he may have initially just kind of pulled it from Book of Mormon language and started using it. So there's a great connection there, Mm -hmm. particularly the thought of being initiated into um, a holy order. So some neat stuff. If you want some um, really cool stuff connected with that, um, our friend Anthony Sweat just posted about that. He teaches better temple prep than anyone I know on planet earth and i let me write down and we will put that in our stories oh to link to to his because he actually just posted about the holy order this week and getting his daughter ready for the temple so a lot to understand with it um simply spoken though it's a pattern of living after the manner of christ and you're going to see it in verses 22 and 23 if you want to see a really simple pattern of discipleship it's just going to start um, spelling it out for you you're going to be humble and submissive and gentle and easy to be entreated and temperate and diligent you're going to keep the commandments of god you're going to ask for whatever you need i love that that part is in there that like part of being a disciple is actually asking god for what you're in need of and and it can be temporal and spiritual things he tells us Um, That's a part of discipleship. And then remembering to um, give thanks for whatever you receive. And you're going to have faith and hope and charity and Yeah, that's 24. We need to add 24 onto the study guide. We wrote 23, but add verse 24, chapter 7, verse 24 into Um, it as well. It's just a good like checkpoint place where you can just be like, oh, which of these things do I need to work on in my life right now that I maybe could be better at? I hate it when the answer is submissive. 
Um, <laughs> but it's all, yeah, but it's always like like a child, you know. Mm-hmm. So that makes it cuter. We you we want to end on this part right here. But did you want to say something about that? No, okay, I think we covered that good. But okay, I wanted you, okay. to say something about. We this. do want to end on this. Oh, I know. I just wondered if we wrote that on there, and oh. I wondered if well, people we do, wanted to know what when that you're meant. on the Alma seven eleven through thirteen. At the bottom, it talks about compassion, and then um, he felt hurt grief in his soul. Is that what you wrote there? Yeah. Um, I felt like you had a story for that, but maybe I... Well, I just, we just want you to know this, that one of the things you learn from that 7, 11 through 13 is the fact that he really will meet you where you are, as you are, wherever you are. And a lot of times when I teach Alma 7, 11 through 13, I do talk about the time when Josh got diabetes. And I was in my bedroom in Draper and it brought me so much comfort to know that as I read through Alma 7, 11 through 13, and it talks about he will experience all of those things. And because he has experienced it, he will be able to meet you in that place. And that didn't just happen in that place in my life. Um, it also happened in a hospital room up at the University of Utah. I clearly remember that enabling strength that came into that room the same way I remember the strength that came to my bedroom in the middle of the night in a in uh, Draper, Utah. Uh, the same way that I will never forget um, that same enabling strength coming in a tiny bathroom in Omaha, Nebraska, two months ago, or a month ago. Um, there, there is something about grace that is is significant and tangible and it buoys you up and it carries and it brings strength. When you feel strength removed from your entire being in a split second, grace can come in, in that moment and feel. Um, And those are some of, for me, my most um, moments I will never forget. I remember the moment, I remember the feeling of that grace, but I think it is important to remember that it can be compassion, it can be mercy, it can be um, strength, enabling strength, but it comes through grace that is made possible through the atonement of Jesus Christ. And it is a tangible thing that we can experience. So maybe that is important to yeah, super. remember there. Well, and again, in connection with, I mean, when you've got Alma inviting people to come and fear not, he's just like, please, you've got to understand who it is that you are coming to. I just think that mm-hmm. cannot be stated um, enough of how important that is, that it's not like, this is not an invitation to get in line. This is an invitation to experience godliness yeah. in your journey. Yeah. Oh, I love those three verses. Okay, we're going to end on this last thing, which is so cool. It's this is so one of our fun. favorite things. Yeah. Um, he ends with what we're going to call an apostolic blessing. And just pronounces a blessing on the people of of this city. And this might be a pattern that you want to like embrace in your life. Is it any time that you are in a in a meeting or a sermon or have a chance where somebody has authority to you know to bless? We've talked about this before, mm-hmm. particularly in general conference. Yeah. Listen closely to what we call apostolic blessings there's one here yeah and and why not claim it as you read through 25 through 27 but look at how this type of language may the lord bless you he's pronouncing a blessing on them Mm -hmm. that your garments be spotless 
that you sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Um, I bless you um, that you will rejoice, that you will have the courage to, and and. and like and and endurance to give diligence and heed to his word i bless you with the peace of god may it rest on your houses in your lands on your flocks on your wives on your children and and all the it's just a beautiful like blessing that he pronounces upon them as if he had hands on their head um we love one of our favorite things to do is to go through general conference at the end um and if you're looking for it um, you will find several times during conference, particularly this conference, um, we were given those blessings, blessings just like this one that Alma left. And um, some of them you'll remember, and some of them happened so fast you may not have even noticed they were there. Usually they will take place at the very end of a talk. That's where you'll find them, just the same way as you do right. in Alma 7. It's just the very last thing he does, those last two verses. Um, we talked a little bit about ago about gathering those, and I was going to do it for you, and then it was right when Desi was diagnosed. Um, but our cute friend Paula actually sat down and went through and listed all the promises and the invitations and the blessings from conference that we will post in this lesson also. Um, but you love the one that, um, that... But it's neat that... You can have that one, but Paula said, like, I wanted to do it just for myself. Yes. And, and you instead might of looking at it. it, you might want to like, you might want to glance at it to get kind of an idea of what you're looking for, but it might be worth going through the talks and finding them for yep. yourself. Yep. Um, we, you'll remember the one President Nelson gave at the very end of conference um, when he said, um, I would like to confer upon you an apostolic blessing. I bless you with peace and increasing faith in the Lord. I bless you with a desire to repent and become a little more like him each day. I bless you to know that the prophet Joseph Smith is the prophet of the restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ in its fullness. And I loved this part. Should there be illness among you or your loved ones, I leave a blessing of healing consistent with the will of the Lord. I so bless you, adding once more my expression of love for each of you in the sacred name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And I just love the power that you, you might want to go back and just watch even his eyes as he gave that blessing, but the power that comes when that happens. And I've taken to going back through general conferences and marking those blessings and and claiming them for the six months until the next conference of um, when you write them down and you put them out where you can see them and then think this, we were actually blessed with this in our homes. We were blessed with this to happen. Elder Rasband has a really good blessing at the end of his talk, but there are several in there. I think Elder Suarez does too. Um, we, um, I've been using this book that I love that I'm just gonna tell you about this desert book this time put the general conference addresses all together, but with wide margin here so that you actually can go through and pull out those um, blessings, the words, that's what I'm doing, the words of the blessings in the margin, just so I can go back and say, oh, I remember, I love hmm. this one. This is what we were promised here. But um, keeping track of them both here in the scriptures, but then because we have modern prophets today who are still giving us those apostolic blessings, those things that we can hold on to as a people. Um, just such a good pattern for us to be following. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Okay, my friends, thank you, and we'll see you next week. Next time. 
This audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss This. Also, sign up for our newsletter at don'tmissthisstudy.com and you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler. Thanks for listening. Bye.